want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet, or we think can do some good. They're bad guys. Exactly. And if anything goes wrong, we blame them. We have built-in deniability. What makes you think you can control? Welcome to the I Need a Minute podcast, part of the Tethia Seniors Network. Um, this week we're brought to you by Limeade, and Andrew, you want to um, bring in our other sponsor? <laughs> I forget the name of the company. Uh, so go to Limeade, as we say, for all of needs. Um, shout out to Josh, you know, just great, great advertisement and, you know, uh, Instagram work on social media and letting the people know that they have uh, delivery and pickup. And Andrew, you want to go? Or now you want to jump in here? It's also brought to you by Bella Buns, which we know Andrew is a huge fan of. And Andrew yeah. had some. Andrew, okay. Yes, so I am a fan of Bella's buns. Yes, the Lady Bella. I'm a fan of her buns. Absolutely. Go on. Mm-hmm. Odd, odd. That was what you were saying in the pre-podcast. And that's right? how you dance, Andrew. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Y'all niggas set me fucking up. So, <laughs> wow, great segue because. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm a little tired of having to do this podcast, this one in particular, because we did it after Freddie Gray, we did it Mm. after Mike Brown and Ferguson, and I saw um, after George Floyd uh, died this weekend and the the video went viral, we, um, it was once again, we had a podcast scheduled to do, but I think all of us made the decision, we're like, we read the room, like, it's not the time to be laughing and making jokes about the last dance and tv shows that we were talking about just because if you listen to this podcast you probably didn't want to hear that if you're the kind of person who listens to one us talk shit and then two us get serious for a minute um this is was a different kind of week and it was an emotional week and i think that with all the um protests that we've seen people are fed the fuck up Mm -hmm. so just your guys initial reactions on the last week I uh I I kind of did what I think we we have been kind of conditioned to do. I saw it. I was like, well, another one, and just pushed it in the back. But then it was a speech that a guy gave in New York after the lady called the cops. I think he tried to get charges pressed on her, and he did the speech uh, where he's talking about I am not okay, and that broke me the fuck down. I I was snotty for a minute, like. And then the reality, the reality of it kind of hits you and you're seeing like, the pain in most people's faces. And, and you kind of, is this new term that I'm fucking with now, like, you kind of recognize your like, Caribbean privilege? Because like, we don't have that problem. Like, if I hear now I'll get pulled over by the cops, I'm not scared now I can get killed. You know what I mean? So like, you uh, know. Did you just, I, okay, that's the first time I'd ever heard that phrase. But now, go ahead. That's, that's the first time I ever heard that. Go ahead now. I didn't make it up. Well, <laughs> My, my thing is about the whole situation, yes, uh, people are exhausted. Black people are exhausted having the conversation about it. And it's not just that, but it's also frustration. And the frustration comes from, it's compounded by the fact that there's no justice. There's no resolution to it. And that's why you have people basically just raging because they have no other outlet there seems to be no other way for you to have some sort of accountability for the people that continue to do this and so the the feeling doesn't just come from it's from what's happening but the feeling comes from the fact that there's no accountability for what's happened you 
basically just have these people do this time and time again. And every situation that, that Kari just mentioned when we started with it, there has been no justice. There has been no accountability. So the heartbreak comes from the fact that they get to do it and get away with it. And so when, when the video, I think, um, first started circulating online, my initial reaction was, I don't want to watch this. Mm. Like, I know what it is, and I, I, I don't want to watch <laughs> this. Um, and I'm tired of seeing black people die and then go viral because of that, and then becoming a hashtag. Because um, the Ahmaud Arbery video had just kind of, um, just kind of um, worked its way through the 24-hour news cycle. And the way these things go is that black people would be outraged and remember it. But people would move on quickly from um, their social media postings and move on with this, their life. <clears throat> but then when you see the length of time that the George Floyd video was and that you because the first time I saw it and this is how we consume media now was on Instagram. So I watched it on the um, Instagram TV and I said eight minutes. What the fuck? So they had it from the beginning when George Floyd is still alive and you get to see him plead for his life, call for his mother. And then you see the death rattle and then him ultimately die on the video and the cops smirk during the time. And then his fellow, the fellow officers protecting the cop, not the man who's saying that he can't breathe. And I think like no matter how desensitized you think you are to these situations, because you've seen it so many times, it still hits different. And that was is still shocking. It's one of the most shocking um, things that I've seen, because when someone gets shot, they drop and it, because we've seen that so much in popular culture and TV and movies, it's still a lifeless drop, but people equate that to something in their, like, I, I guess, pop culture brain. But in when you see something like this happen, it doesn't like there's not a reference for that kind of strangulation to death. Yeah, I've I've never seen anything like that in my life. And I, I watched it by mistake. I was just like you. I was on Instagram. Someone posted it. And I was like, okay, eventually he's going to get up. Like, I didn't even know he died. Because the way they captioned it was just, just kind of like, this is so fucked up. So I was like, okay. Then when the paramedics came and kind of flipped him over, I was like, is this nigga dead? I was like, holy shit. And then the cop, right. like, like, I just don't get how you got four dudes on top of him. He's handcuffed. He wasn't resisting arrest. You didn't even go check to see if what they were claiming was true, which it wasn't. Like I, I don't I don't I just don't understand their thought process with this. And the fact that they thought they could get away with it, just like the, the the young lady in the park. Like she was adamant, Oh, I'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like I really do think that cop was like, All right, well, you know and then he got fired. Like you, you could kill a nigga and and like just get fired, that's it. So let's remember that this happened Memorial Day and the temperature <clears throat> of the country was that the Amy Cooper situation in the park where she weaponized her whiteness and yeah. Um, told a black man that I'm going to detail to the police that you're a black man who is, is threatening me in this park so they will come and it's a, what she was doing in that moment was communicating to the black man that this is a threat to you because they might actually come and harm you and come and kill you so that oh. was kind of like what the country was talking about right before that and then this video comes out and then all hell breaks loose in America and then the memes that you saw were they were juxtaposing Amy Cooper and her Karen face with her with the mask and choking the dog. And then um, what happened to George Floyd? Now, you want to say something? Yeah, um, I actually still haven't 
watch the video and that was on purpose because i remember what my reaction was when i think the la I, I did see the ahmaud aubrey video but that was i i didn't intend to see it that was kind of like a scrolling through a facebook kind of thing the last video like this i remember really watching and having that kind of reaction was was the tamir rice one and that was that was just surveillance video that wasn't people set up there with camera phones but just knowing the fact that there were people around that watched this happen. This didn't happen like the way Trayvon Martin was murdered. This was this was like the way Eric Garner was murdered on the streets mm -hmm. and you watch the life just dwindle away from this person's body. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you say, this one feels visceral because of you see the reaction from the officer. You saw the reaction from Chauvin. So it was... It was like there was that smirk. That it was it was in that one moment with the smirk saying everything they need to say, saying I have complete control and there's nothing you can do about this. Like once I have this badge on and once I'm protected by that and my idea of whiteness, I mean more in this moment than you can mean and I can do this and get away with it. That's what make, makes this more heartbreaking than, than anything else. And, and, and No, but then, too, like, what's frustrating about it is the fact that we as a people, well, I, not we, but they as a people are, like, standing up, filming it, and they can do nothing. Because if they went to go and try and stop that policeman, they would have been shot, or worse. Like, they would have been, yeah. they would have gotten fucked up. Like, so you have to stand there <laughs> as a black man and watch another black man die because you know you have no voice to stop him. And if you go and physically try to do something... You may end up killed too, and then the narrative Yo, changes. Exactly right, because one of the most <sighs> disturbing things to me was the officer Tao Tam or whatever the fuck yeah. his name is, him standing there and pushing everyone back, and you see like the gun on his waist, and you realize why no one's jumping in and no exactly. one is going to stop is because other officers are protecting him, um, while um, protecting the guy who committed the murder while he's committing this murder. And so he has a posse with him. That's why people always make reference to like, yo, the cops are the biggest gang that there is because his boys were protecting him in that moment. And they didn't give a fuck about what was actually right and wrong. They just said to themselves, this is our brother in blue and we'd rather protect him. Mm -hmm. Their embarrassment, um, his embarrassment is worth more than that guy's life. Mm -hmm. But it's also, it's also so grotesque because you think about the nature of why this entire thing happened in the first place. And it was over. It was over nothing. It was over what a, a fake bill or a fake check a or something a like that. A twenty dollar bill. It, yeah. This was not even a violent crime. This was not somebody that was resisting. This was not somebody that was wilding out in the street. So you have to really think about why was the situation not de-escalated? How did it get from the point of somebody trying to commit a white collar crime that's completely benign to you? placing your knee on his neck like how how does that happen well well quite simply and i, I i'm not jumping ahead i know we're going to deal with the riots probably in, in, in a separate uh, segment but um it's the same energy as these riots a lot of, most of them started off peaceful until the cops throw some tear gas some shit and then it escalates a lot of times these situations trust me i have binged youtube cop bullshit and it, usually someone calls they pull up a, a black man who was allowed to have emotions because how many videos have we seen of white people being like fuck you cop get out of my face you know who i am fuck you we're not allowed to do we that saw so two we, we saw it two weeks ago andrew with these exactly. people mad that yeah, they gotta exactly. stay inside exactly so like 
he has a he's a normal human reaction of what the fuck and then in in America where you know what the cops do what's the first thing you do you get frustrated and approached by an adversary you back up and you get defensive so here it is now that goes from a forged uh, check or whatever to now y'all are more or less attacking him and then he, now he's on the floor if that was a white woman if that was a Karen or a Kevin you know that was not going to go like that so um, just because you said Karen or Kevin I just wanted to nail down this point so for um, white men in this situation when they go full Karen are we going to call it a Kevin a, that's what I don't, I don't know if they get to do they get to have the name Kevin? I don't know. I feel like the name Kevin is too universal across races uh, for them to, okay. to give that okay. to. Are we, it's too, are we defending it's too many, Kevin Fox right now? too many prominent black Kevins. <laughs> that's, that's a good call. Oh, that's a good call. I, I, was, I was actually defending Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. But Me also too. Kevin Fox. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, no, man. Kevin Durant don't need that kind Y'all of Y'all niggas ain't shit. <laughs> Y'all ain't shit. No. No way, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Fox, yeah, sure. No, yeah, but he, okay, but to his defense, he's Kevin. Like, calling right. him Kevin would be kind of no. gay. You know what? That's true. All to be fair, that's Kevins true. Oh, you know what? That's Kev. actually a good point. I've black never called Kevin, Kev. I, I never called Kev Kevin in my life. I don't there think white go. Kevins are Kev. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. All right. Okay. I'll accept so, it. I, I wanted to go back to like what the temperature of the country was um, because we had also seen the protests um, because of the coronavirus. And it's almost like people have forgotten that the coronavirus is a thing in America still now. Number one um, country in terms of death. And we saw the protests in, re in relation to the coronavirus and we saw armed protests by mostly white people. And the difference in the police response was to back off for it, allow these people to push them. Um, to sometimes yell directly in their face, not wearing a mask, gather in large groups, and that was okay. Not only was that was okay, uh, but the President of the United States said that um, these were very good people. Mm -hmm. And what they were doing was for a good cause, even though many people, many health experts would have disagreed with it. So that's the backdrop for this. And then the backdrop for this is again the Karen, aka Amy Cooper situation with Christian Cooper. And then almost the you saw like the whiteness being weaponized and then what i hated the most about that situation is the it had to be specifically pointed out that christian cooper um had graduated from harvard um that he worked for marvel that he respectability was respectability politics he was yeah the respectability the right politics kind of, of it right. he's a right uh, like if, if he didn't have all of those things then she might have been it might have been a totally different circumstance she could have been justified in what she did so George uh, Floyd happened in the during during this time and then on a holiday and then the news cycle just went from um, zero to 100 because again and then also I can't forget the Ahmaud Arbery situation so all this was playing out in in the media and like uh, 2015 and 2014 before it it seems like these events kind of coalesce together and watching the video and we both just we all described our reactions and how, how we saw it. Um, I think that the news media then said, and the news media always has, has a point in doing it. Like at one point you want them to, sh to show this because you want it to be seen. You want the country to know what it's like and you want um, people everywhere to, to show that I'm not crazy. We're not crazy. This has actually happened. This is actually a thing. 
But then all of these media organizations are doing this for clout, for clicks, for likes, for engagement, for advertisement dollars, and they will show the most horrific thing over and over. They will have their talking head segments about the most horrific thing over and over, and then they'll show, and now I think we can get into the, the protests, and then they'll show the worst parts of any protest. They will show things burning before they'll show people like chanting in solidarity or peacefully and social media works the same way. The stuff that gets circulated is the more aggressive, violent stuff. Well, uh, well, Killer Mike uh, went during his speech. By the way, great. Killer Mike gave the most Atlanta address I've ever seen in my fucking life. He called the president an asshole. Uh, he like it was just just some G shit. But he even he said, "What's happening to CNN at Atlanta right now?" He said, "That's karma. Y'all aren't selling. Y'all aren't selling hope. Y'all ain't trying to give people hope. Y'all trying to." spout fear and hate you know what i mean like everyone is getting their just due i think and i think i think what a lot of people fail to realize in these situations is that you see the like the situation with george floyd yes for as tragic as that was that was just the straw that broke the camel's back like i was just mentioning this was it's always a build-up before the one incident that really causes this explosion of civil unrest so i think people can't just look at this one thing in a vacuum it's something that's been happening it's it it feels like this is a disenfranchised segment of america and this is their only way they they feel and you to could act go out. back even further now to philando castile and yeah, the fact that yeah, philando castile gets killed and then his killer gets acquitted and mm -hmm. i spent yesterday trying to say what did the jurors say in that moment or see in that moment where they said that um um that philando castile castile's life should not be like there should not be a penalty for that cop taking it away and essentially what the jurors said was that they didn't believe philando castile's girlfriend because she couldn't remember which side of his pants pocket um he had his wallet so it could have been the wallet or the gun and that was crazy to me to see and all of these jurors did not see and this happened in minnesota by the way did not see the problem in that. That they rather they would believe the cop who said that he panicked and was in fear of his life and thought about his wife and kids. But he has perfect memory, but this woman does not, who was on live and had her daughter in the back of the car. But it's about which person they choose to believe. I think well, it it's, does. All, it's all a part oh. of it's all a part of the misinformation campaign to get them acquitted. And it, it, it takes it takes me back to something you said earlier where they would rather protect the idea of law and order than the actual justice because and we see it already happening with the george floyd case where they have the autopsy saying the death wasn't from asphyxiation so you already see the misinformation campaign out there is starting to get that rolling to give some kind of precedence for an acquittal so Think this of that kind bullshit, of thing though, always like, happens i i can't I can't. First of all, fuck science at this point. Like, I don't believe this no more. Like, y'all fucked like, up the coronavirus this much. You are not going to get me to believe y'all on this. That, oh, yeah, sure. well, and you know what? And we spoke about this with Charo. If, if, no matter what it was, no matter how he died, so fucking what? Because the issue is that you have your knee on his neck and he would not have been in that position or close to death if what you did didn't happen. If you just put cuffs on him and throwing him in the back of the car, that doesn't happen. Do you know that? Do, do you know that there are now like it white people? It could be people, a heart attack. Anything. Who gives a fuck? Do you know there are now like white people in the states 
like doing pictures where they'll have someone put their foot on their neck and they're doing like thumbs up to be like see see you don't you can't necessarily die from that and i'm like y'all gotta be out of your motherfucking mind you're missing y'all the gotta point. be out of your motherfucking mind <laughs> no like i'm like y'all gotta be crazy think about um how fucked up you have to be to say oh let's try this way oh well we didn't exactly. die so it's totally different so it's okay even if he had a heart attack even if he had like a seizure no matter what it is it's still the fault of the officer who who has his knee on his neck and does not let him up when he's saying, I need medical help. Here's, but there's, here's, there's, always, there, there's always this need to protect whiteness whenever this kind of thing happens. So you immediately jump to, well, what did this person do? And then you transition from that to the character assassination of this person. So you will bring up things in their past from 10 15 years ago that had nothing to do with this situation but you just need to tear down their character to show that the police officer in this instance happened to do the right thing and so that's all that's all a part of justifying what they do and trying to distract people from the real issue was that you had a black man murdered by a police officer in the street and we witnessed it happen in broad daylight. So they would prefer to talk about anything else. They would prefer to talk about riots. They would prefer to talk about the reasons behind the death rather than saying what it is and what we all saw happen. I don't think y'all understand how much of a perfect storm this was, though, in, in favor of, I think, justice being delivered. Uh, the camera footage, even though it was horrific, was perfect. So, like, you see the cop, you see what they're doing. She did an amazing job filming that. It was done in front of a black-owned business. So that's why they, when they started to say the whole, he was res- resisting arrest, that landlord, a black man, released the footage to the public and to the police. He, he did both at the same time. And so you could see he was not resisting. Then on top of all of that, it happens, it happens in a state where it ain't Atlanta, it ain't New York, it ain't Florida. Like, did we ever see this coming in fucking Minneapolis? Like, no one oh, knew they yes. had all this, all this bullshit. Like, I, I, uh, until yes. you said yes, though, because we. I was about to say until you said Philando Castile, Castile right? Until you said mm-hmm. that, I didn't even know that happened in Minneapolis. You see what I'm saying? I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think I'm I actually like, I actually think. I think that's better because people tend to think of just the rural South exactly. when you think of this exactly. kind of thing happening. But exactly. you need to be aware and very cognizant of the fact that this could happen in any city of America. Exactly. Like, Don't put a halo on any one of these places because it's happened in New York, it's happened in LA, it's happened in Minneapolis, and that's why you see this uh, this wave of civil unrest has, has erupted in 30 cities because everybody can identify with that shared experience. It's not just the rural South. Oh, by the way, Dakari, I don't I, like. I don't want to seg. I don't want to segue anywhere. I just want to ask a quick note. How pissed off was Canada when they found out that the chick was Canadian? That who? That the lady who called the cops was Canadian. Oh, I didn't know she that. Can- you didn't no, know no, she was Canadian. Claim don't claim her. No, I didn't. No, she's not. She's Canadian. I did not know that. I did not know that. Amy Cooper. Yes, y'all didn't know that. No. Holy what? shit! That's not, the, that's not the part of the story that I was like focusing on. Oh no! I heard she's gonna be. Like, oh shit! Canada about to be hot. Okay, yo. Okay, so this is what I think. Like we should talk about then, just because you brought this up. Because I did not know that um, she was Canadian. I was focusing primarily on no, whiteness. I, I, oh fuck and because, you! I'm not because. <laughs> No, no, because you brought up something that I thought was ridiculous earlier when you talked about like the Caribbean privilege, and I just wanted to, I just How wanted to ridiculous? talk about. It. No, I just 
because I I just let me let me go, go for this. Let me add this. How's, how's how's that ridiculous? Because when I say ridiculous, I mean that the idea that um you would be treated differently by people who don't like you because of the color of your skin based on kind of where you're from or like the idea that racist people then would say oh this is one of that's, the good blacks no that's Even not that's, what i meant no no no, no, no wait no, wait no, wait no, no, no. Let, let, me, let me finish because i understand i understand that in the caribbean if you live in a predominantly black society that when you encounter racism where you live at home it is going to be different um, than the kind of racism that you experience in America because the kind of racism that you might experience in America is coming from a systemic system of racism built on years and years of um, laws, rules, and regulations that have been put in place and about how the police operate. So there's a difference in that context, but Caribbean people go and visit America all the time. They go to school in America, they have Americans visiting them in their home country when they come for vacation. So they experience it in a different, in a different sense, but in a very similar sense, because to me, black people are black people, no matter where they are. And white people are white people, no matter where they are. And that your degrees of difference could be um, from where you're born or where you're raised, but don't for a second think that it's different to them. That's who not don't what value I you. No, what yeah. I meant was we don't we. We who live here in the Caribbean, we, we don't have the fear of the police and necessarily a system built against us. We have we have issues. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying we're awesome. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is um, if my mother hears that I, that I got a run with the cops, she's not afraid for my life here. Of course, when I'm over there, I'm on manners. Of course, when I go to America, I'm just a nigga. We, we all just niggas. If we go to America, I'm talking about hair. So we do have yeah, but the you privilege here of not having that fear. Yeah, but you don't think when you um, when you go out even back home and there are tourists who you might encounter who have those exact same kinds of sentiments. And I understand what you said about the thing with the cops is, is correct. But the way that um, I think in my mind that racism or inherent racism would work is that it affects black people as well. It affects how black people view black people as well. And it's not just the cops. And going back to the Freddie Gray incident, there were black men in that van who contributed to Freddie Gray's death and they worked for the police department. So the color they identified with more so was one blue, but two that the, I, that, and this also plays into respectability politics that you one got to be on manners when you're around white people. Like this is something in the Caribbean that has been, one like a known thing of being like the idea of customer service or being extra polite to white people like that kind of racism of course is not the same as dying at the hands of a cop but it it, it does exist so yeah, yeah i mean and specifically of, of course cop. like live like living where we live that it definitely is a privilege like make no mistake about it but just that i guess the context of it made me see him because i had read read so much stuff about uh african americans and the idea that they are like the true epitome of blackness as opposed to blackness anywhere else is blackness is a global thing. Like it, it does not bullshit. stop at borders. Yeah. They, they, they actually believe that. Or some I of mean, them, it, sorry, some of them. No, it would be like something that people would say just to get the conversation going, just to oh, get like fuck fucking, off. yeah. <laughs> they fuck off. Real yeah. Up. But I, I, I also don't I mean, I know. Want the, I don't know any time to say segment. that. But. No, I, 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 very true. But I, <laughs> 
I also don't want that small segment to be representative of all of them because we don't want yeah. to be doing no. the same thing that that we say white people do too when we take the bottom rung and we take the worst and we use that to represent an entire voice of people. Okay, I, I, I hope get, you kept that same energy where, when I shared those um the stuff those gals wrote online about um Stephen Jackson. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I will listen. I recognize that that. That place on Twitter and social media in general, that is a cesspool that you got to filter out all of that stuff. Like you cannot take oh, all of Twitter that. Oh, Twitter is a cesspool gotta, of stupid you people. Gotta, you got to realize that the stuff you're reading is from stupid people and you got to yeah. brush that aside to get through the actual good stuff. So you cannot take everything in that is on there. You got to filter that out. But in in reference to the Caribbean privilege thing, I, I get what Andrew is saying, but I th- I also don't want people from the Caribbean to be blinded because we are exposed. Like I was saying, we are exposed to that all the time. Just look at in our small circle how many of us were educated in the U.S. Like yeah, we born and raised in the Bahamas, but how many of us go there not just to live for a while for school, but how many other people just go there continuously to travel like it's a, it's a yearly thing so you become a part of that so there's no way you can go to that society and you can be ignorant to the to the events that are going on because it will affect you the minute you touch down that affects you there is not going to be any kind of preferential treatment because your 100%. passport is different from theirs you will be identified on the color of your skin so you better know what the road is saying when oh. you get there Oh, no, listen, I was talking to my mom about it, and she was saying, and I, first of all, I agree. I was telling her, I, I, you never feel blacker than when you come off that plane in the States. Like, you, I feel black. Yo, that is so true. Like, is like, so like true. I feel my color. So, like, the minute yeah. I step off that plane, I am on manners. Like, I remember my old lady, when I went, um, I did a year in Tennessee, and she had to have a talk with me. And my, my old man was very, like, anti-white Americans. He's like, yo, listen, when you go over there, be respectful no drinking and driving if a police officer come to you hold your hand like this do that da, da, da. like he had to, he had to give me a talk about going to america the average conky joe's ain't gotta do that white behaviors ain't gotta, ain't gotta give the kids the talk because when they go over there they're straight you see what i'm saying but when we go over there it's a different fucking energy i ain't stupid when we go when we go over there we niggas I'm glad you said that about Tennessee, because for somebody like me that had to, Kentucky. I, I, as you all know, yeah, I went to school in Kentucky, so I legitimately had to have this conversation what a choice. With, with, what a choice. with my black American friends. And so I had to, it, it's it's like we had to have a meeting of the minds to for me to understand how their mindset was different based on the way they were raised and how mine was completely different because I didn't come from that same experience. So in certain situations where it was ingrained in them, where they had to acquiesce to white people, well, I didn't have that because I no. just didn't have that. I didn't, I, I was, I was never raised in that system. I was never raised thinking about that, but that was something that was always on their minds. That was such a stupid choice like, by you. How you go from St. John's no, no, no. to Kentucky? No, no, no. But I, I was saying like, worked out because great. So many times in the Bahamas, like your reference or your framing for that, like as a young kid growing up, would be like, "Can't play no ball." <laughs> like, like that would be, and I'm talking like when you're like like Kaiser's age, for example, like you like cross him up. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. That. So let's get into. I think, and I wanted us to mainly focus on that part of of it because 
when it gets to the riots and the protests, like my um, main trouble or reaction uh, to it would be the way that the response from conservatives are on the right is so different than when they see um, mm-hmm. a black man die. Like there's so much um, coverage on the protests of the looting and then a forgetting of why people feel this way that they would spend hours in coverage on that, but not on the deaths of, of these men. So even the Ahmaud Arbery case, like where there was, that was not at the hands of the police, but it was at the hands of the system and a prosecutor deciding not to um, prosecute the two men who killed him until it had to later be revealed. And then that video got circulated on social media. So, but in conservative uh, media and conservative media is becoming like American media where are the predominant force in American media, where all you see is just coverage of the protests and buildings burning. And I just can't care about buildings burning the way I care about the death of a human being. I don't give a fuck. And then I understand where that anger um, comes from. And, and the, like the, just people being so frustrated by the system and nothing is working and people not listening to you. You could say something over and over and over again, but the fact that someone's not listening to you, one makes you feel um, crazy, it makes you feel unheard, and then you just say, well, now I have to lash out and I have to do something. So the fact that they can't connect those things in their brain and how someone can go out and then say, I have to stand up and I have to the need to do something, that the coverage now has just been almost solely about the idea of the protest. And if it weren't for people like um, now celebrities keep reiterating the, the name of George Floyd that we would not have the same kind of um, focus on it. I think that actually rioting the right way. They fucking up police stations. They fucking up. Uh, it, it's funny. Did y'all see the Waffle House video? No, no, no. Yes. I, I didn't see that. It's I actually fucking amazing. I saw the, the, police, the police station one. I saw that and I was just like... Hmm. But like, I thought... But the police station video like, uh, was like straight... It was, was like, straight out of Joker. Have done it in the most accurate way. It seems like a movie because now you know this is a movie. Bruh, the Waffle House one, they were, of course, uh, protesting in, in Atlanta. And they were on their way to go fuck up a Waffle House. And niggas was like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> and they literally, like, moved the protesters away from the Waffle House. I was like, this is the most nigga shit imaginable. <laughs> I mean, because that still has to open at the end of this pandemic. Yeah, like, like niggas could be hungry. That has to be rebuilt. All you've done at that point is hurt yourself. So <laughs> People aren't protect what is sacred. But what? Is, what if that's what kill a Mike meant when he was like, "Don't burn down your own house." I, I think that's exactly ready. what the fuck he meant. Yeah, that's of course that's what he meant. And like the idea that the strip clubs ain't burning. Like you want me, honestly? You want me to feel sorry? For Target and for AutoZone. Fuck Target. Who who cares? Fuck Target. Who, like, like the fact that that's what you want, and this is what capitalism does. That you want that part of the country or America to be preserved, and that's the only time you care about those communities. You don't care about those communities at any other point. You don't care about what the what living conditions those people are in. You don't care about how the police are treating them. But you see fire to a building that you go to in your neighborhood, you're like, oh, how dare they? The reason why I thought... I think, oh, go on, sorry. I think the purpose of 
the purpose of that is just to deflect from talking about George Floyd's actual death. So the minute something else happens, yes, let's make all of the coverage about the riots. Let's show the worst of this particular group of people because the more we talk about that, the more that we push that out there, we don't have to talk about the accountability of the police force. So we could continue to put this halo over their heads. And another thing that does is... For some people, they do this mental gymnastics where you see people looting and rioting and that somehow justifies the police to act however they see fit. And so that will justify to them, well, this is why he had to put a foot on someone's neck because look at how they act. So we keep giving you these images. We keep showing you this is the worst of these people. This is how this is what they do. And they have this they have this great love and affinity for these businesses and for these buildings. And I think all black people are saying is if you show just half, just half of the empathy for these buildings, for these windows and for this brick and mortar, show half of that empathy for the black man that died in the street, then we can have an actual conversation. Yeah, but see but see my thing is the reason why I'm not mad at them burning target and all those on places like this. Is because it's the same as the as the argument everyone's been making about the Tea Party. Once you fuck with their money, once you fuck with their economy and their finances, then Target at some point, and Target could be the most racist, whatever center in the world. But at some point, they'd be like, "Yo, every time y'all kill a nigga, they burn our shit to the fucking floor." So please stop, like some initiative. Yeah, to, you know that's what I mean? the whole you, idea of wanting to be heard or wanting someone. You to gotta say, fuck like, with their money. Give a fuck about you to that point. Exactly. Because otherwise, you, 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 you gotta they, they wouldn't, and they don't. Exactly. And, and now the, the next part of this is that the conservatives and the white people just fucking going in and saying, Martin Luther King wouldn't have... Don't get me fucking started, yeah? Don't get me fucking started. They wouldn't have condoned this kind of behavior. Son, but and they love to bring him up. It's history, and it makes me think all of those people... Um, one, never pay attention during Black History Month. And two, if they had to write a paper on it, they failed or asked um, a black student to give them the fact. No no white person who says this got over 70 on any paper they wrote. No. Um, if it came to this part of history, if it came to civil rights in America, because then you have no understanding of, of Dr. King. Did y'all see what went down on, on Martin Luther King Jr.'s son's uh, Twitter? It was, it was both his son and daughter. Like, they were trying to white-splain what their father meant. Facts. Like, how do they know more? How can you tell this man's kids what he was trying to say? Exactly. Like, forget all of us that were sitting in classes, but they are directly talking to his children, <laughs> saying, you don't know what your father meant. This is what your father uh, meant. But it's all like, white dudes being like, no, no, I think you took that out of context, son of the man we murdered. What? Wait, how are we the ones <laughs> taking it out of context? Okay, you take that out of context. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bro, and, and like, what, what pisses me off is they bring him up, but you're proving our point. You're saying to us, okay, that's not what he meant. Hold on. The guy who was safety, safely protesting, who called for peace, who wasn't with the smoke, who y'all then murdered? Make who it make was sense. not popular <laughs> during the time that he was alive. He no. was not a popular person white america middle class hated him they thought he was an agitator and that he was quote unquote riling up good black people not just not just that the fbi literally labeled him the most dangerous negro in america exactly like, that's what he that's was his label. this person who you're calling a exactly. peaceful protester he was the most dangerous person in america and they they love to show 
And it's unfortunate that I even saw some uh, influencers, quote unquote, on the internet sharing this, but they show the rioters coming out of Target and said, this is a crime. And then they show MLK and then they say, this is a protest. Well, show us what happened right after that beautiful photo of them walking was was taken. Because right after that, I guarantee you, hoses were turned on them, dogs, dogs were turned against them, and a lot of people in that Hell. picture were murdered. What was Thank you. what was like one of the most famous civil rights pictures that you know? It's black and white, and it's a dog being sicked on an African American man. Yep, that's that's one of the most famous civil rights photos that exists in the country. Yep. And then they try to say that um, during that time that oh, no one had a problem with it, and everything changed because we listened to you during the protest. That's not what fucking happened. That's not what that's, the fuck that's, happened. That's like being like very vapid and not understanding why these organizations still have to exist. They act like Martin Luther King walked down the street, civilly protested, and racism ended. And they don't understand and, why and people still can't it. do that. Like, like, oh, this is how you got the right to vote from peaceful protesting, and then we listen. No, like they are completely trying to usurp his legacy. And and another thing that they fail to realize, and they only think of the MLK from the "I Have a Dream" speech. And I don't know if it's on purpose or just because they're not educated on it. But he was completely with the shits. He was completely with people rioting. Like he got it. He said. Like, a lot of what Killer Mike said was a lot of the vibe that was coming from MLK. Because he was saying, look, I don't do it, but I understand why they are doing it. And he had complete, he had quotes saying, I get, uh, and it was one that I, that I sent to Kari. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read this quote mm -hmm. real quick. And this is from Martin Luther King three years after the <laughs> I Have a Dream speech. He said, a riot is the language of the unheard. And mm -hmm. what is unheard is Sorry, a riot is the language of the unheard, and what America has failed to hear is the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the 12, 15 years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met, and it has failed to hear that large segments of white society have been more concerned about tranquility in the status quo than about justice and humanity. So he's basically saying, look, while I may not be the one throwing Molotov cocktails, I understand why these people are doing it, because... Mm -hmm. America has been the purveyor of violence all throughout the world. So how could, and this was during the time of Vietnam, right? So how could you tell these young black people who are completely disenfranchised and oppressed in every way that they cannot be violent, but you can go to another country and be violent and continue to oppress people there? He recognized the hypocrisy in that. So he was completely... He was completely understanding in why people riot. So don't use him to say you shouldn't be doing these things. And, and, and the joke, and, and the joke mm -hmm. I was talking to my mom about it, and I asked her how she felt about the riot and the protest. I was expecting her to be like, well, they shouldn't be doing this. Mommy was like, burn it down. She was like, because my generation already had to live through this. Like, she said, my generation had to march and do all the rest of this, and they still killing us in 2020? She's like, fucking burn it. Burn so, it down. So they would invoke um, Martin Luther King to kind of um, say that black people shouldn't be protesting, or this is wrong, and focus only on this part of the issue, right? And it's it's also like a, I think it's overt. I was going to say implicit or tacit, but I think it's overt, of them trying to say that, um, that the police are right because you people don't know how to act. So there's the idea that this is not over-policing. You see what you're capable of when we don't police you this way, and then like riots tend to happen. And they like the police take no responsibility from their part. They just say like, oh, a black man got um, murdered, then we back off from it and... <laughs> 
and all of it is now the fault of these people of these communities and fuck their frustration fuck fuck what they believe it's also akin to like people want this i call this like the um, um remember the titans version of civil rights where like black people and white people come together and then it'll be like a fairy tale and then it'll be over like the like something written by disney and then that's disney, how civil yeah. rights ever ended and it's all good now but that's not what society is that's not what it actually looks like on a day-to-day -day basis and um going back to the ahmaud arbery case one of the um high school um high school students who graduated with one of the men accused of killing ahmaud arbery yeah I saw basically that, yeah. wrote that in the south where they grew up this mm -hmm. racism is common it is known he's a he's detailed and defined as a redneck that this is a thing and these are the jokes that they say in their circles and he just happened to be one of the outliers who was on the extreme end, but he said, but that's not the issue. The issue is that the people who are walking in everyday life, who are telling these jokes, then go out into society and they still have those beliefs, but they could go to like some metropolitan liberal area and still harbor those beliefs and those ideas and make their community and have those same jokes and impart that same kind of thinking into their culture. Yo, know, Von, Von Jones tried to make this point. I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday. Where where he said um, it, we 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 have to be afraid and recognize the people in the KKK and the white supremacist too. He said, but we also need to be more concerned about the Hillary Clinton and the liberal racists who don't even realize how dangerous they are. He said we got to address them too. The black community got when the opera, the black Twitter sorry was like Van Jones need to shut up da 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 da. But this nigga was actually quoting or paraphrasing Malcolm X because Malcolm X made the same point. He was like, it's these white liberals who hugging y'all and kissing y'all who y'all need to fear too. Because I'm sure Amy Cooper identifies as a liberal. I'm sure Amy Cooper didn't vote for Trump. She but had, she knew, um, but she she's very aware of what the fuck the deal she is. She voted for Obama and had contributions to the Barack exactly. Obama campaign. Exactly. But, but they are problematic as well. So, you know, everywhere we turn, you got to watch yourself. And going back to Nal's point about um, the status quo and Martin Luther King saying that why people didn't step up was because they wanted maintenance of the status quo. That's also what those protests were about um, when we saw white people protesting um, the lockdown and wanting things to reopen is because they want the status quo to be maintained in all circumstance because it's fucking working out great for them. Yep. So they want the hardware yep. store open yep. and for life to go back to usual because it's this is kind of cool. But uh, Patrice O'Neill has a bit about that where, where he says, y'all need to understand why white people want to say nigga so bad. He was like, about two people ago, they was walking around being like, nigga, 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 And then all of a <laughs> sudden, and, and, and then all of a sudden, y'all was like, well, you can't say that. He's like, wait, what? Hold on. We have, we have been enjoying this word for 400 years. Now, all of a sudden, this why man marching. whatever we want? Exactly. That's why it pisses them off so much. They was just saying, nigga, casually, my grandmother ago. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, they just stop. But y'all can still rap about it and do this. And I can't say it? No, fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. I uh, won't say it. Go ahead now. Spo spo spoiler alert. It's current. It's not even a grandmother ago. Because like Harry was just saying, all of them people still doing that shit. Because this is... <laughs> This has been so ingrained in their society. Have you not, have you not for a Andrew, second, have you not seen white TikTok? <laughs> no, for I a haven't. second it hasn't stopped. Oh, white anyway, TikTok is I, very I just, racist. Oh, I don't I don't know. TikTok stopped the Black, uh, Black Lives Matter hashtag. 
and the George uh, Floyd hashtag and then had to apologize for it because they know their audience. Shit. <laughs> they Boy, know their audience. Boy, do what you can. Me, it's, about, it's about much more than dancing. I want to, I just want <laughs> to put this one more MLK quote in there just, just to combat anybody, just so anybody can use this to combat the dumb shit that is out there. And he said this, this was also after the I Have a Dream speech that everyone loves so much and that they used to paint the entirety of his character. He said, he said this in an interview on CBS. So this was on national TV. I contend that the cry of black power is at the bottom a reaction to the reluctance of white power to make the kind of changes necessary to make justice a reality for the Negro. So a lot of the rioting and the outcry, all of that is, is a reaction to not having justice. Mm-hmm. It's not really about the fact that the incident happened because if these incidents happen and we know that these people are going to be persecuted and you know that there will be some justice, they're going to go to jail, they will face consequences, then people would not act out like this. But they act no. out because of the frustration that there is no justice. So until the white power structure changes that and you can have justice for these people, then of course they're going to act out in the only way they know so how. Because there's so much evidence of it not happening. Of so much evidence. I don't expect of, it to happen anymore. Of, of, I don't expect. Yeah. I from the moment this started, I said mm-hmm. I completely expect him to get off. From the time when we were kids, and we all that Rodney King video, yeah, that was as clear as day. And yeah. we so, so this was happening from the time that we were six, seven, eight years old. Well, it was happening way before that. But in terms of it being on video, like we were introduced to this at a young age, and then they just got off so we were we are now at this point in our 30s conditioned to believe that oh they're not they're not going to be persecuted and it's just gonna be that's just the way it is yeah Yeah, george George zimmerman acquitted all of them get acquitted they either get acquitted or they just go to a police station in the tri-state area that's it they just move that's really all it is i I, so and then i read uh, someplace that I read someplace that Michael Vick served more time for his role in killing dogs than I, I can't remember the exact number, but then than the people that were either accused of um, the murders of minorities within like the last decade, I think it was police officers that were accused of the murder. Sorry, my nigga. Let's just be honest. Amy Cooper would still be straight with no if the, problem the dog was if it wasn't for choked. that fucking dog. I guarantee yeah, you. Because, because, because you saw online, up. a lot of the reaction was women saying, I can't believe she treated the dog that way. Exactly. That's what exactly. People, did you that's see? Did y'all see the fucking it. bird watcher? That nigga is a sweetheart. He's a delight. And he's a fucking bird watcher. The bird watcher fandom is the most DC pure. Writer, I would have a different take on this. Wait, the bird watcher guy, the bird watcher community is the most wholesome he community. Didn't hear that now. What, what do you say? What do you say? <laughs> say it again, Carl. <laughs> I almost say asshole. Say. I said that he was a Marvel writer. If he was a DC writer, I don't know, man. <laughs> if he was a DC By writer, he would have been a real nigga. That would have been with the smoke. Him- oh, Only because he's a Marvel writer, he's watching Zach- birds like a bitch. <laughs> you say he's watching okay, Shane Ryan Tyatone now. If that was a DC nigga, he would have been strapped. Let's keep it all the way 100. <laughs> what? We win the shots. We win the shits. Y'all are going to on that shit. Or he would have been given repeated chances like Zack Snyder. Because please tell me how this nigga get another six episodes. 
How did how we get another shit? Anyway, that's a, this is that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a podcast for another time. It's a podcast for another time. I, I want to talk about this and then how um that the the media <laughs> just saying like how someone should protest and like Jesus what Christ. protest is acceptable for because they you. want peaceful protests except when it's peaceful and it's inconvenient to them at any point. But Kaepernick the, like, tried that, did he not? Kaepernick tried it. Kanye West just basically calmly said, who's Kanye Kuhn now, who said, when he said George Bush uh, does not care about black people, that turned into a whole uproar. That seemed pretty peaceful. Why is there uproar when there's peaceful protests? And then now you're saying, why isn't there peaceful protests? There's the, black people have tried to do it. I mean, every I know why, but we just talked about fucking way about Yeah, it. no, I, I get it. They've, they've, Listen, before, prior to, I think the, the movement that we think of when we think of the civil rights era was from the 50s onward, but pri- that generation changed the way things was done because prior to that, it was all about, you know, the, the enrichment of your own community and being peaceful and trying to work your way and integrate your way into the system. Well, by the time the late 50s and the 60s rolled around, that generation said, we are tired of that message. There has to be some sort of show of force. So you've had both sides of it the entire way. And people love to use Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and use that juxtaposition to say peaceful and violent. But then both of them were murdered by the same establishment. So please tell me what's the right way we're supposed to do this. Because there's always this same group that pops up and says, this is not the right way to get to 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 create change this is not the right way to get your message across well tell us what the right right way is because every time we've seen somebody try to do it one way they've been silenced or they've been murdered so tell us what it is or they've been blackballed like kaepernick because that nigga can't get a job i'll tell you one better martin luther king murdered for peaceful not for peaceful peaceful protesting but whatever they they murdered him Malcolm X, when he was strapped, I want to come back to Niles' point, when Niles said they call Martin Luther King the most dangerous Negro in America, while Malcolm X was holding AK-47s being like, fuck y'all. Malcolm X goes to Mecca, comes back, is like, you know what? Peace and love. Then they kill that nigga. (laughs) Then they kill him. They didn't kill him when he had an AK-47. They didn't kill him when he was strapped. They didn't kill him when he was like, yo, I with the shits. They killed that nigga when he came back. I was like, you know what? Peace and love. They're like, oh, nah, nigga. Uh Uh-uh. Blah. So the, so the lesson is always uh, get the strap. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we? Ta- There's no right way to do it. Kaepernick kneeled, but y'all mad. They march, y'all mad. LeBron wear a shirt, y'all mad. A football player put LeBron something on the socks, a y'all tweet mad. And they were mad. Jason Whitlock reacted to Le- a LeBron James tweet. Fuck like it that was the nigga. end. And I, Fuck I want to talk about another nigga. talking point. Another talking point that people I think have kind of seized on. Um, and I saw Ben Shapiro had said this because we're going to get oh, into Jesus Christ. No, 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 because, because it's, it's the that idea either. that they say that this is not about racism. This is just about a cop who made a mistake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And like when oh, I talk about God. the like inherent bias and the racism that exists and the race racism as a system and the difference between racism and prejudice, prejudice this is what I'm talking about because you're not allowing for that this man himself one is um, would have been conditioned from no matter like the society he lives in from the beliefs of his parents from what they think into believing the things that he believes and that all of that has a play in how he views a black person and if that has a, a play in how he views a black person it would be 
well then how he treats a black person and then how he values a black person and all of that comes into play when his knee is on that man's neck so of course it has to do with race you're kind of insane to say that it doesn't have to do with race fox fox because i mean i'm sure they'll break up oh well that happened to my cousin or whatever no because your cousin be given the benefit of a doubt why are people always given the benefit of the doubt? I've seen videos online where a black person will... We've, we've seen a video where, where a black guy calls the police. The police pull up and go straight to him. Watch any video where a black person calls the police and, and a white person is involved. They go straight towards a black person like, okay, what the fuck do you do? You know what I mean? Of course race is involved. They look at us. They treat our children. Well, our children. But they treat our children like adults. That's why they feel comfortable yeah. body slamming a, a, a little girl. They feel comfortable body slamming young men because they, listen, in uh, medical, my, my old lady was telling me when she went to, to London and she was studying nursing, they taught them that black skin was denser than white skin. They said, oh, well, blacks, we, you know, with needles, da, da, da. So, so that's why the, uh, black women in America have so much prenatal problems because they feel like black women can endure more. So they tell them, just chill, don't worry about it. But if a white woman goes in for the same thing, they get them all the drugs in the world. They think that we're subhuman. They think that we're like superheroes or some shit. Like, I don't fucking get and it. And again, this is part of why, like, the death rate for the coronavirus itself is affecting black communities because of how black people are treated in the health exactly. system. And now, like, I, um, I don't know if you had something uh, to add to this part because I was going to pivot to now the black voices answering the call section that you had on the agenda <laughs> you wanted to go to. No, I just, I, I just wanted to, to, I guess, expand on that point about the way even, like Andrew said, them even looking at children as a threat because when you look at the death of Tamir Rice, this was a, this was a 12-year-old kid on a park playing with a toy gun, but there were there were no questions. They just pulled up and shot him. No questions asked, no attempt to de-escalate the situation. And that that kind of thing is tough for black people to reconcile when you mm-hmm. place that against Dylan Roof murdering people in a church and then going to Burger King afterward. Like, mm-hmm. no, they didn't just roll up and, and shoot Dylan Roof. They did, the dude that uh, at the Batman premiere, I can't remember his name, but the one that murdered people there, they didn't just roll up and kill him. They de-escalated all of those situations where mm-hmm. these people committed actual murders, but you have black people doing far less crimes, and mm-hmm. it always gets to that point where they're murdered in the streets, whether they're choked out. Eric Garner was selling loose cigarettes, bro. Like, it's mm-hmm. always the really most benign thing that gets to this point, but then you see white people committing capital murder and their situations are de-escalated, so you start to think, obviously my life cannot mean as much as those people's lives. You didn't see the video that's going around with, with the with the white guy who fought the police, got the police off him, hopped in a police car, drove off. They followed him and then arrested him peacefully. My nigga, like, like, I can't do? make this up. I, don't... I can't make it up. You mean to tell me you can fight the police, win, get in a car, drive off, park, decide you won't give up, and they're like, oh, Jerry, what are you doing, man? Son. <laughs> They would have shot that nigga in the head. Period. They'd be like, you better get a good lawyer, Jerry. <laughs> bro. That's it. Bro, That's bro, it. with the Aubrey case. A good lawyer they, just so he could have time served instead of like six months. Bro, with the Aubrey case, information, after data after data came out. They were like, he was walking through a construction building. They interviewed the guy who owned the building. He said, 
It's a construction building. Everyone was walking through there. Okay, well, cool. Why was he uh, attacking the guys? Because they were following him. Cool. So they killed him. And then the, the, the prosecutor literally was like, don't worry about it. Hold on. It was a black guy, right? Don't worry about it. Everything cool. If that video would not have they come feel, out, them niggas would be walking free right now. They feel empowered. That, and the, I, I'm glad you, like, that example in George Zimmerman, right? These aren't people that are even police officers. They feel empowered to protect this whole law and order rhetoric mm-hmm. that black people are seen as the threat. So I have to eliminate the threat. Even if I'm not a part of, of, the, of the structure of policing, we have to do community policing because it's us against them with this threat. It's like these niggas are mentally still living in Birth of a Nation. Like, they think they have roles in that film where they have to be the militia going out there stopping all the black people from rooting and pillaging. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, because when they do open carry and walk down the street and confront the police, the police don't do anything about it. So they, they think, do shit. they're like, oh, we're just like you. But I, I yeah. want to move on now before, because um, okay. we can always come back to that and talk about the black voices answering the call. Oh, Jesus and so, Christ. And the ones voices. who declined it. And I, I just have to say that I really don't give a fuck about what celebrities have to say. Because think about it. Yeah, if you're either. a celebrity, right? What impetus would you have for reading up on these issues or living these issues? Because... The world is just going to view you differently because you're a famous person. Like, what are the chances or the odds that you're a star athlete who, um, who, of course, you have a lived-in black experience, but I mean, like, you did more in-depth analysis or in-depth reading about it because everyone, of course, has a point of view from where they're coming from. But for some of it, like, when I hear people speak ignorance, I think they don't give a fuck. Because an athlete can give a fuck and choose to educate himself. A famous person can give a fuck and choose to educate themselves in the situation and be like, I see why now. And it's not just as plain as something that I would have um, read or seen on the news. So now for the ones who declined the call, um, Shamik Moore and Lil Wayne, who said some of the dumbest shit that I think like, I would have heard ever. Lil Wayne just said that the... the just the, he said that the black community needs to look inward in times like this. Uh, no, he said if he he what he said is if we're looking for someone to blame, we blame have ourselves. to blame ourselves yeah. because we have to do things differently. What? I don't know how the fuck I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to blame myself for somebody putting a I'm supposed to be less on my black? neck until I can't breathe. I don't understand how I blame myself for that, but apparently Lil Wayne can tell us, but I can't listen to that nigga music no more. I'm sorry. But you that, know what we, it is though? Wait, like, the minute you said that I was done. The minute you said that I was done. Oh, so what about you know, this? You know one what there? it is though? Uh, the Shamik Moore quotes. I, I have to pull them Who's up because I don't Moore? even have them right now. Shamik Moore, he uh, you have you watched Dope? He he was the lead role in Dope. No. Uh, he was the voice of Miles Morales in Enter the Spider Verse. Oh, for fuck's he sake! Also, now, I, now I can't enjoy that. He was Jesus also Christ, and, and he he totally fucked up Enter hey, the we'll, Spider Verse we'll too. Some. By the way, we'll which, is very, which is by very upsetting. Which is by the way, by the way, did you? Did y'all see LeVar Burton's response? No. LeVar Burton run hard. He was like, yo, don't fuck with me today. This is not the day. He was livid. <laughs> oh, him and Curry, um, Le- Curry, John. Le- LeVar Burton was Charles. Yeah. Oh, okay, and, okay, okay, okay. Him okay, and, okay, I get him it. and John Boyega. J- John Boyega ran fucking hard. John Boyega was like, yo, 
to all y'all. You 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 can like my movies X Y Z. If you racist, get the fuck off my social media. He's like fuck. Let me tell you, I am going to now rewatch all of those Star Wars. Hey, John hey. Boyega. Maybe I was wrong. These are hey. much better. I'm on the team now. I was like, John Boyega is that nigga. He's like, first of all, I'm from London. Second of all, I'm Nigerian. Fuck y'all racist white people. He kept saying it. And every time he said it, I got stronger. But why? <laughs> this is And this is what I mean about shit that um, conservatives like Ben Shapiro would say. Why the fuck would you take offense to someone say, fuck racist? Or he said that I hate racist. That was the tweet that started all this. Right. Why would, if you synonymously think that racist equals white people, you are the racist. Like, exactly. Exactly. Because you, you know the things that you believe. You're just concerning him. If you're I, a person, I you read that. that if your it reaction didn't... was like, "Yeah, I hate racists too." <laughs> yeah, that's it's... what I thought. Like I read that, and I didn't get offended. So if you get offended, hit dog on holler. That's all that is. That's the situation of hit dog on holler. Because he say that, and you get triggered by it, then you gotta look inwardly and think, "Well, why was I triggered by that?" Like, if why someone did said, I feel like he was talking to me. If someone said, "Hey, fuck, fuck, fuck," people who like Lifetime, I'd be like, "Oh shit, the Lifetime community is gonna be pissed." Anyway, I, <laughs> I'll I'll keep moving. Then, hey, fuck, loving hip hop fans. Oh god, they're gonna be mad. I may watch it go down, but I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, hold on." First of all, you don't know all what. Like, if you ain't racist, keep pushing. I don't get it. I don't. And, and- <laughs> For me, the whole reason why it's behind, I mean, the whole reason behind why what they say and what they do is important because we got to look at look at this realistically. They have millions of people following behind them, and it may not be the, the people that are the most well-versed on this stuff. It may not be the people that are most so educated on this stuff, platform but they do, yeah. they do legitimately have influence, and their platform does matter if you have millions of people following behind you say. Uh, behind you and they listen to what you say so you got to recognize that power is for good or for evil like you mm-hmm. are able to wield that in whichever direction you want it to go so Perhaps. you need to be you need to be careful and measured in the content that you put out there because you don't know who you're influencing you got a whole lot of people following behind you that's why and it may seem benign for a celebrity to just post george floyd's picture right but then Think of somebody like I'll take one of the one of them Jenna gals for example, one of them Kardashian gals, right? Like think about how much people follow them and hang on every word they say mm-hmm. and everything they post, but they are just bringing awareness to that particular crowd who you know may not care about black about issues week? at all. Gals fighting about whether she's a billionaire or not. Yeah, that was her main point of concern. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was, right. was like, oh my god, how dare you? That, yeah. that's what upset her this week. But and by the way, all of them like have black children. There, all of them got black kids. That, that, well, that, that's why they about? have to be concerned. That's why they have to be concerned with this because, like, you legitimately have to be an ally because your kids will face the same. But they then, ain't gonna differentiate between George Floyd and your kids. Now nope. I understand what you're saying, but I think that the that people do have a reach and influence. But I think people should also be also hear the message that these famous people live in a totally different mm-hmm. frame of life than you, and you um, no. Just because that they have money or they, because they have power does not mean that they are more intelligent than you or no more than you on certain on certain stuff. Bringing awareness to the no. issue, yeah, that gets traction 
and then media and i i want to go like to sports real quickly like to connect this in sports because des bryant um posted something because he's one of those people when you said um either accepted or declined who i didn't see on the list and after george floyd had died he wrote um i never let racist white people make me forget about the dope white people that i know exist i love y'all 100 bicep emoji and what my reaction fuck? to that was, what the fuck? Like, why is now the time that you choose to fuck? to comfort them? Are those the people that you feel need to be comforted right now? Are those the people? Is this the time to have that kind of conversation? No. Des Bryant has been Des Bryant's been out of work for two years, and Des Bryant still wants to get a job in the NFL. That's and the why. NFL is an old boys' with network, Jerry Jones and he's trying to and with and he yeah to go he's trying to six and lose to in the first round no. of the playoffs. But but don't get me wrong Can't though I was putting the Prescott. I was putting the onus and the responsibility on the celebrity so yeah. you don't just get to spew whatever you want it's not about the people following them like they are the ones that have the responsibility to educate themselves and because you are the ones that have this voice then you have to know better that's so mm-hmm. the responsibility is on them more than it is on the people who follow behind them listen the only celebrity who I would ever be willing to to hear him out is Killer Mike. He's the only one who I know is well-read on it. He sees both sides, and I actually respect his intelligence in that. But I'm not, I'm not listening to T.I. I'm not listening to fucking Jay-Z. I'm not listening to Beyonce. I'm not listening to Lizzo. Wakanda. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, like T.I. is T.I. is, is me. He's a fucking idiot. Like, and I should not be speaking on this on a public platform. I really should. I just want to say that T.I. Wakanda had like flying ships. Um, and you understand? <laughs> y'all are y'all are a stealing lot, from a Gucci. Lot of niggas on Wakanda <laughs> is not real, my nigga. Like, just let oh. it go. Because I respect a lot of people who live in Atlanta does not make Atlanta Wakanda. That's not how this works. I don't even. I don't even want hair from Charlemagne because he's problematic too. The, 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 the only person who's, who's who I would listen to and be like, okay, he's well-read, I respect him, he's intelligent, he's coming from a place of knowledge, is probably Killer Mike. Outside, I don't even want to hear from Jordan. This is why I don't care about Lil Wayne's opinion. Because Lil Wayne, just let him rap and smoke and die. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear what he has to say about Andrew, no. that's fine. And you, as an intelligent person, can decipher the good stuff from the bad stuff. But you also have to realize that Lil Wayne is reaching millions of people Fox. who do not have the, that uh, ability to decipher that. So you got to be careful you of what so? you're putting out there. You have a public... Yeah, Andrew, yes. You think people listen to Lil Wayne? People... Yeah, dog. And I think yes, that... Right. And why I say yeah is because like you would see people co-signing a lot of these statements that these people would say. You would see people co-signing... Um, um, stuff that uh, Shamik Moore would have said. Like, I mean, okay, maybe mm. not him. Maybe that was a bad example because, but but no, people, but you, you have people on the other side that will co-sign that kind of thing. And what, what gets to happen is that um, then their blackness gets to be um, used against um, the, any kind of movement, or they get oh, to yeah. be put on Fox News to be like, oh, see, this is one of the good ones. Oh, this no, is see. one of the ones who lets me say whatever the fuck I want to say and believes everything that we tell them. That the fact that Shamik Moore would think that um, people have a slave mentality because they get upset by things like this and don't look at history and always are thinking about the future. You as a rich, wealthy actor in, in um, franchise blockbuster films, your life is different now. And you, the fact that it doesn't compute to them is kind of strange because for certain athletes like LeBron James, like Dwayne Wade, for those 
kinds of athletes it's right there it's right in front of them and they encounter it every day and they never forget that but for some people they let the idea of fame and money like cloud them and to be to think that they're a different person they're a different kind of black and no, this is see, why when we talked about the diaspora thing i said all of us we're still black like the racism is yeah, going see, to affect everyone the thing that pisses me off when, when, when they tell abroad them to just dribble or just play sports and just do all the rest of this shit is they act like if if Kaizen goes to the MLB and starts making money, and now them move to the states and they got money for days, da, 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 da. Monique's kids may come to the states and experience some shit. They're not as rich as Kaizen. They don't have Kaizen money. I'm sure LeBron has family who's disenfranchised. You can't help everyone. You can't be there for everyone. So this may not affect him directly. This is why Jason Whitlock could eat a dick. They know he was like, LeBron doesn't understand. And he, you know, you live in a gated community. Yeah, not all of his family does. This still touches him. <laughs> no, you but LeBron lives in a gated community. They wrote nigger on. So that, I, I like, what, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? Come, Come on, on man. man. Cut it out. Cut it out. And, and but the, the one thing I have I have to say though is that when I saw Nick Cannon take a picture, a stylized like Instagram photo op of him wearing a shirt, that that made me Brazil be like, okay, that just looked like like what the fuck? Like I understand the I don't like if Nick you want to go down to Minnesota and and protest, yeah. But to take would see him like a very Kardashian photo opportunity in the middle of a protest, I don't know about that shit. I think what's going on right now is the same thing that went down during Dorian. Uh, I think it's just now just turning into porn now. Now it's going to be the cool thing to have a George Floyd shirt. Like, I'm noticing now gals putting oh, like these, protest like, porn. right, like, they're putting these pretty pictures of George Floyd with flowers on his head and fuck. And it's only starting to happen now that everyone's doing it. Like, you can actually separate the people who actually, like, boy, what the fuck, this hurts? And people are like, oh, look, yeah, me too, George Floyd. Text me. Come my DMs. See, see, I'm cool now. Like, it's, it's getting ugly now. Right. Right, and, like, I want us to be able to differentiate between those people because, like, I remember Bill Russell said, you know, when when he was younger and people would approach them and they say, are you Bill Russell, a basketball player? He would always say no. And his teammate, uh, Heinsohn, said to him, well, why do you always say that? That's who you are. And Bill Russell said to him, no, being a basketball player is what I do, but that's not who I am. Mm. There are athletes and there are there are uh, actors or musicians who that's their job, but that's not to say that these issues don't affect them. So mm-hmm. I think those are the people that use their voices in the right way. Those are the people that would actually research and and be cognizant of what they say b- before they put their voice or, out there. You know why? I more... do like the fact that I do mm-hmm. like the fact that they would do that. But the other side of it also draws a whole lot of traction, and the other side they are also held up as a meat shield for the conservative right to say, look, one of theirs are co-signing us. Because think mm. about it, uh, and to to your point now, that if you're a famous person, you have access to not just a book, you have access to probably the writer who could mm. like yeah. sit and have a conversation <laughs> with you. And you could be like, okay, now I see this perspective and now I get it. And thank you for educating me on this because I could be black, but you could not have a full view of all black experiences and you could still know you could still want to educate yourself and there are things we black people just don't know but it's about the sharing of knowledge that would make everyone understand where these different uh, perspectives might come from it could help you understand why a riot happens why people are looting why people have one kind of reaction or another because 
there are coons who are just cooning. Like there are Candace, Candace Owens, Owens of the world who will just always be on the side of anything white. Like it, the Amy Cooper incident happened, she immediately jumped to defend her. And CJ Parsons had to be like, "So your role, bitch." Like, no, like I'm I'm a fellow coon, but you went to Super Saiyan level. But you could uh, black people could put that into one bubble, but then she will still be propped up by Fox News, for example, to be like, she gets to go on and talk about the riot. And she could, like, feign, um, feign empathy for the black community. But you don't really give a fuck about the black community. And I, and because this, uh, like, goes to, like, the Trump, um, the Trump tweets, because now I know you want to talk about um, the, the idea and the importance of allies. But the Trump tweet about when they, um, when the looting Sh- starts, shooting the shooting looting. starts, and, and then him trying to, like, clean that up later but he did a shit job like motherfucker we know what you meant but if they get to always get to drag out people like candace owens and like that sheriff cop with the mustache i don't know his fucking name the um, minute i saw that mustache i know he was a house nigga at at every turn like <laughs> the you, minute I saw that you mustache. just have to say you just have to say that there are white people who are seeing this being like see that's one of them that's one of them who's telling us like this is this is a good thing and like when their sentiments start to echo shit that Shamik Moore might say or that Des Bryant might say, like that's when I think that it goes like a little left. You gotta understand the way that they do it. I call it, uh, I call it the Ben Shapiro technique. What Ben Shapiro will do on his articles that he'll put out is he'll touch on so all right. So this is the way he would phrase it. Now, admittedly, what happened to George Floyd is terrible. But if you look at the looting, and then he'll spend the next half hour talking about the looting. He'll Just touch it. So that way, the minute you call him out on it, and you'll be like, yo, but, I mean, what about George Floyd? I did say that George, it, it was a tragedy, which he did. But you ain't say, so that's what Candace was saying. Listen, these house niggas coming out yeah. of the woodwork, now the looting has started. They didn't say right. shit when he died. The minute the looting went down, they're like, okay, cool, now we that's get something. they had something to say. Exactly. This, the thing with Trump is, even though, like, people would point to Trump's uh, tweet, which sounded very good, but condemning something is not the same as empathizing. And right. I, when I say the Trump tweet, I mean the initial tweet about uh, George Floyd when he was saying, like, the FBI is involved, which, all of the shit. Which came but, two days later, by the way. Two days yep. later. But, like, condemning and all of these conservatives and these people condemning it, that does not mean they empathize. They mean to condemn it, to just, like, have a checkbox, to be like, okay, I did that. Now let's move on to something else. That's what, that's what it's and for. What, like, we, we really have to get over the idea that just because someone says something is bad, meaning that they give a fuck about the situation, because they could not. I know it's so fucked up. They don't, not could not, they don't. If if Trump would just stop tweeting, because when he did say, you know, it's a really terrible situation, we have the FBI on it, X, Y, Z, those aren't bad things. He put the FBI on it, there's a call to action, but because it's Trump, you're like, you're only doing this for show. He probably got, like, the FBI who'd been on a desk job with a weight problem and could barely see, like, yeah, get him. But the, the FBI <laughs> like, was already like, involved, though. Like, That's what I'm get, saying. Like, they, like they he didn't get Jason Bourne them. <laughs> he didn't get Jason Bourne and, like, the biggest shield. He didn't get Jason Bourne <laughs> to investigate this. No. He, he didn't get them. He get, like, Jason Whitlock-level athleticism. I was like, yeah, you, you, you go. Go ask a couple questions make them feel comfortable. Put on, put on the FBI jacket, please. Yo, they get no props for saying the most obvious thing that this person murdered in the street. That was wrong. Like, I don't understand how they expect to get props from that. The, he gets to exist. He gets to breathe. And we think that's okay. You're supposed to say that. Like, that's the most, ba- that's the most basic need of any human. You can't get to exist in the same space. 
So the fact that they acknowledge that that was wrong, they deserve some kind of pat on the back for that, or son, they get to they get to be seen as an ally. Son, if the rioting didn't go down, do they arrest that policeman? No, they don't. They're not arresting him. No, no, they, they wouldn't arrest they, him. They'd have been they quite content with being down. like, "Hey, we fired him, eh?" Yeah. And yeah. Yep. So on the last point, uh, I guess we could. This also goes into uh, the importance of allies now, because. And I wanted to, this part to be called Black Safaris of the Mind. So the idea that you get to experience black culture and to have a black aesthetic, but not really care about what happens to black people. So you mm. get to make the music, you get to date the black people. But if something happens to um, the black community, you don't give a fuck. And it was it was so odd to see Taylor Swift, uh, admittedly, yeah. just be like, yo, fuck this singer. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Taylor. Like, how is like, it now that I'm like, like fuck La- Lil La- Wayne, La- but I'll go download a Taylor Swift album now. Like, fuck Lil Wayne, but I don't know. <laughs> like, hold on, Lana Del Rey, you said all that shit last week, but this week you got nothing. Talk to me, talk Not to me, Lana. Fucking <laughs> you, got, you got nothing to say. Boy, just, I know Doja Cat is like, that was a bad been... time. I know Doja Cat is like, this is a bad time to let white boys call me a nigga. Motherfucker. <laughs> that was really bad timing. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like, that's just a safari, right? Like, a, like she have to be the most pissed off at this whole She gotta be mad. <laughs> Y'all gonna kill that nigga round. next month. <laughs> Y'all have to kill him a, a, two days later? Fuck oh, and God. Freddie Gibbs fuck me and told <laughs> she having a bad week. But <laughs> shout out to Doja Cat. Shout out to Taylor Swift too, though. Do not shout. Listen. Do not shout out Doja Cat. Fuck Doja Cat. Listen, I'm, Doja I am Cat. a Swifty now. What is called Taylor Swift fans? I don't even know. Taylor's Tay Tay. Yeah, I would Tay Tay. Like, shout like to you could see. I almost want to feel like you could see when, um, like that's happening. Like when. I, and I don't even want to say it's like the publicist or a group, but like when a movement is happening to like be on the side of it, because there would have been times where celebrities aren't on the side of it and don't say a shit like the Kardashians, like the Jenners, right. like Kanye, like who don't say a shit. Like even I ain't even I ain't even saying uh, the the gal name who start would be who always looks like she's sleepy when she's talking about stuff. But Mm-mm. but but even, but, but even. Mm. <laughs> but, like, hey, that, just that, that, that come out. That so, house, that that house said we move beyond kneeling. Ain't no reason to kneel no more. So this is what I'm saying. So, so how then do people just get to go on black safaris of the mind, and then at this point just get to not just say anything or be empathetic or say that they're a little concerned? See, I think Steven Jackson said it in the right way what Des Bryant was trying to say. And I don't know if it's because Steven Jackson obviously is closer to the situation because he was legitimate friends with, with, with Lloyd. And it's, it's crazy that that's the, that's the way you learn about something like that happening. So obviously it, it, touched, him, it touched him in a different way. But when he, when he stood up there and he gave that speech and he said, listen... I love people of all races. I get it. But if you are not going to stand beside me in times like this, then that love got to go out the window. Or Box. you saying you love me means means Box. nothing. If you are not going to stand next to me when I need you the most, then you don't really love me. You're not really an ally. So you can't just say you're, you're with the culture and you love to be a part of the culture 
without loving me. You can't you can't no, love the yeah, culture without loving facts. the people that produce the culture. Yeah. I so, like, 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 like like I don't know if y'all have been doing this, but I've been like on Instagram and shit, paying attention to the celebrities and friends who've been quiet about this. Not like hunting them down, but I've been absolutely paying fucking attention. Like and and I've been, I I'm just seeing some people. Little note. Yeah, yeah, just just make just make it a little note. Like you, you, you really quiet. You really posting these beach pictures. You really posting these boat pictures. You really out here doing. You ain't gonna post one. Pi- All right, I see you, nigga. No problem. Everything cool. Everything fucking cool. But I'm not about to applaud no one for for for, for like for being human. I'm not about to applaud you as a white person for being like, uh, hey, see that? I supported the George Floyd movement as you should, my nigga. That's like me going to Nal yeah. and be like, hey, boy. Hey, Nal, good job feeding Kaizen today, but I'm really proud of you, but motherfuck, but you fed the shit out of Kaizen. Nigga, that's perfect your job. Segue, Andrew. I, I often do. So perfect, <laughs> perfect segue to that, right? And this this was something that obviously I, I would have to deal with that, that y'all wouldn't have to deal with yet. But so I always try to I- expose Kaizen to the way the world actually is. And we have real conversations. So he's he's aware of racism he's aware of the history a lot of racism but i think this is the first time i'm very nervous about you doing this no seriously no but this was the first time we we were driving yesterday we had the legitimate we had the legitimate conversation about it Mm -hmm. because you know he wanted to know exactly what was happening in minneapolis so i explained it to him and i he was asking you know Typical benign childless questions like trying to trying to understand why people are so angry. And I say, you know, this kind of thing keeps happening and it happens time and time again. So I explained to him about what happened with the Trayvon Martin case, what happened with Tamir Rice. And I think it was when I told him how young they were, I saw how it really affected him. And then mm. he asked me, you know, what happened to the people that did it? What happened to the police officers? And I said, nothing. They got acquitted. They never went to jail. Any of that. And he was quiet for a second. And then he just broke down and started crying. And this is somebody that's completely not associated with this at all. This is a 10-year-old kid in the Bahamas that has never experienced racism firsthand. But he empathizes with the fact that these people are not getting justice. And... At that most basic level, at that age, they think everything is supposed to be fair. Everything mm-hmm. is supposed to be straightforward. So that's difficult for his young mind to rationalize that people can be killed just for being black. People my age, because he's 10 now, Tamir Rice is 12 when he was killed. They can just roll up and do that and nothing can happen. And so you got to think about the fact that there are so many black parents out there that have to educate their their kids for this and prepare them to go out into a world where they are seen as an automatic threat like from from the ages of 10 to 12 they go from being cute to being a threat and i feel like i have to tell him this and he has to learn this because this is the place that he wants to go to make his life this is the place that this is the place that he sees all his dreams being fulfilled but you gotta recognize that there are two sides of this. You are on, when you get there, you are going to be a threat. And so he was he was like inconsolable for a half hour because he just couldn't understand it. And then he says he doesn't want me to go there anymore. He doesn't want his mom to go there anymore. Like this is this is so much deeper than what's happening here because how do all these people explain this to their kids? Like nobody can explain why racism exists. Nobody can explain why someone is hated just because they look differently. But to, t- to, see, to see him break down like that yesterday, 
it was it was crazy for me and that was like the awakening of his social consciousness so like you go from being this innocent kid to recognizing that I am viewed differently and so I can't move the way everyone else moves just because of the way I look like that that that's a real effect of what is happening here James Baldwin said to be a Negro in this country and to be to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time and that's what it just always feels like if you hear any any like talk like this or any idea that because of who you are, you're going to be viewed differently. And that's just always the way that it's going to be, at least in our lifetimes. Yeah, that fucked me up. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. It's, you got it's, no other it's words. Suppo it's supposed to, but it's supposed to fuck you up. And I think if it doesn't fuck you up, then that's a problem. That's a problem. This has been I Need a Minute Podcast, part of the Tempia Seniors Network. Everyone stay welcome.